This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Question time on the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. We are at the George Hotel in South Melbourne. Jane's got the roving mic and we've got a heap of questions to, uh, to wade through. I uh, really enjoyed the uh, podcast, guys, so thanks very much. For a non-journalist, could you just give us an explanation with the Russell Jackson story as to how much uh, checking needed to go into it, how, how much legal work would have gone, or is the fact that they're just allegations, is that something that can be published without... Uh, a great deal of thought, but just to give us the, the process yeah. that needs to go through. I, I'd imagine it would be very complex and, and, and clearly an extraordinary level of trust between Russell, the journalist, and the subjects of the of the claims. Um, for, again, for those who haven't read it, he has used pseudonyms in the article, so there's no names, and I hope there's not a media... Um, hunt to find out who those names are. I mean, I think a few of us would, would know who they are, but we're not... Well, I'm not going to name them. Um, back to your point about the legalities, yeah, there'd be extraordinary amounts, I would imagine. It's got to stand up. Even though the, the names are pseudonyms, it has to stand up. And if it doesn't, there's going to be hell to pay. Hey yeah, there'd be a legal case if it didn't meet the... The severity of the allegations. Hey guys, if you could just introduce yourself as well and where you're from. Yeah, Clay, um, just wondering uh, your thoughts for Saturday. Who wins, why, and the Norma Smith? I'll jump in first, Hutchie. I I just think Geelong has had the perfect preparation and and has just been the the better team. It won't be be an easy win, um, and I'm going to go for a a Nathan Buckley style of Norm Smith medalist, as in a losing team member and I've uh, I've become obsessed with Chad Warner throughout the course of uh, this season so I've got him as a lock for that but the Cats winning How much the Cats win boy? I'm going to go with about 15 points two and a half three goals Yep Cats Tom Stewart for me Andrew Dowling um, thanks very much for the podcast this year guys done a great job um, just back to the Russell Jackson story just wanted to know what your thoughts were I know the story is pretty fresh at the moment is it worth it for any journalist at this point in time to present the counter-narrative around what it is that we don't know and to sort of challenge the pylon, so to speak? It, it just seems we're dealing with an enormous amount of ambiguity and the media seems to have all jumped on, on one bandwagon. Is it worth it to actually present the other side? Look, I, I'm, I'm going to take the view on this one now that the whole inquiry that the AFL has launched is, is going to be the reference point. And, 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 I, and I've got the view now that the commentary around any of it is going to be counterproductive to that. Um, your, your view is, is one that is floating around, and, and I absolutely hear what you're saying. But one thing I, I do know that we, we, I think in the AFL have had a pretty poor track record when it comes to this space. Um, you go back to the Adam Good situation, you go back to aspects of that Adelaide Crows camp, you go back to the, the do-better report on Collingwood, you now get to Hawthorne. Um, there comes a time when it just has to not be effectively common or, or, or potentially common, which which I fear it still is. So I, I certainly won't be going down that path. And I think, yeah. I think publicly it might be parked until the results. Now, again, there'll be an executive, I'd imagine, release of that finding as opposed to a full finding. But there will need to be significant outcomes released publicly once they're finished. I agree with that. History says we haven't taken these matters anywhere near seriously enough or accepted the version of events. So like, we've got to learn from history on that. That's why this will be a real tipping point for the game because that will be the starting position for the AFL. It needs to be. It's, it's overdue starting yeah. point. Albeit, to that point, we still haven't heard from the other, the other party, which is, is fair and reasonable. Craig here. You're with my dad. It's our favourite podcast, so... 
good to be here. I uh, just wanted to ask about another question about the story from today, about the timing. Is it a question of, you know, he just put it together, last, finished it last night and just released it as soon as possible? You know, he asked about whether if Brisbane were playing, maybe he would have sat on it until after. Is it he wanted to release a grand final week? What's the deal with that? Can I regard that? Uh, Greg, I, I asked Damo, I believe Hawthorne announced they were going to investigate the history, didn't they? they there was known they were going to investigate. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I can't remember that a, aspect of it. Yeah, I'm not, not saying they didn't, I just don't recall that I aspect. Think, after the Cyril Rioli story with uh, The Age and Caro and others, that was probably around, I would think Russell probably, who's done such a great job in this space, probably went, okay, was this an isolated incident or are there more things happen here? He was clearly aware that Hawthorne were doing a review. Who are they speaking to and can I get access to the same people? And his relationships would be strong. And he's just gone about running his own simultaneous investigation, the one that he realised was happening. And that's good journalism. Sometimes at the end of a season too, by the way, often as journalists, you go, it's August, it's September, nearly the season, nearly over, we're all a bit weary. It takes real effort. It, that, to get that story up would have taken two, three hundred, four hundred phone calls, probably 30 face-to-face meetings, a lot of detail, cross-checking. Allega- like, you don't just wake up and drop that. Um, the, the, the timing part of your question... I- if he's to release a grand final week, I don't think you can hold that against him. Um, I mean, he's got a choice to, to make. If, if he has the luxury of, of, of having the no, if you, the ability, if you've got, you got the story and you've got a publisher prepared to run it, you go. Yeah, absolutely. Straight away. Yeah, but, but he might have had it three weeks ago, for all we know. I, I would doubt that. I reckon it's probably been legaled and they'll be ready. And what's the last step on this? And but it was unusual not to get the count of you at least. He put, he put questions to the... He put the, questions to the... Yeah, me. I mean, and that was acknowledged yeah. in the article that they hadn't yeah. responded. And they still haven't, as yeah. we speak. Where is your dad today, by the way? Oh, there he is. Fantastic. I thought it was your twin brother. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Scott from Melbourne. Thank you for the podcast and for this event. Good to see you both, by the way. I've always wanted to ask Kutchie this question, and this is the chance. I know this is ancient history, but I've always wanted to ask about your last night on the footy show, and specifically... When it became clear that Sam Newman wasn't going to speak on that night, how you dealt with that mentally live in the moment on, on live television and how, how you just coped with that? And, and then being papped as you were after it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's a really interesting question. So, and I've probably spoken about this a little bit before, but I can give a little bit more detail. So, the start is he was, I knew that he was in a really angry mood the day before because the production meeting ended poorly and he stormed out and... He had a view of what he wanted to do off the top of the show and the network said he can't do that. And telling him he can't do something is not in his psyche. And times were changing and his, what the style of humour he wanted to do and how the network saw it were different things. And so I knew it was going to be a rough... I knew waking up Thursday morning was going to be a rough night at the office. I also had a fair idea, better than a fair idea, that I was about to be told I wasn't required any longer. So I had an inkling it was... You never said that publicly before. no. Are you prepared to say it publicly now? You know, I, had, I was reading the tea leaves that it might be my last show. You, you knew you weren't going to go beyond that show? I didn't know necessarily it was going to be that show or the one after, but I, I, knew, that, I knew that there was... I, I kind of knew... I had an idea of what was happening. And so, as a journalist, you keep your ear to the ground. And, you, and I, I don't think anyone else in that production team knew, by the way, but I, I had a little bit of an inkling that... So, I suspect, but I've never asked him, that he may have also known because he didn't he's such a great friend isn't he he's a great person he can't be a great friend if he didn't talk for two hours well, I, of live tv I think, for you so i, I wouldn't I, have thought well, that no, actually. I, I and i love him too but i don't i will think, ask you next time i, see I him. don't think he did you any favors that night well 
So I would challenge that. I, my theory, I've never asked him and I will, is that he found out that week that I was gone. He was brought into the tent. And so he knew he was doing me no harm anyway, really. Who brought him into the tent? Eddie? Uh, I, executive, I reckon. The execs probably said, hey, we're going to make a change here and no one knows and don't tell anyone. And, and he probably doesn't know. But, yeah, I had a, I had a, I wasn't, I had a fair inkling, let's say. that. So I don't think he did that deliberately. And, I, and it didn't hurt me because it was, I already knew it was on or thought I knew it was on. But it was two of the more challenging hours of my broadcast life because broadcast, on, being on air is a very... Um, distant second to me to my day-to-day life so I've not driven by it but to spend two hours like there was the whole show was built around him we've got a rundown grab one grab two Sam does this Sam does that Sam overlay Sam this Sam that Sam the other and you want to stay to play like the six-man role in a basketball team and feeding the ball so when he's not going to participate there's nothing else to do for two hours <laughs> like it wasn't like he could go and drop that that and that he was it <laughs> so it was two hours of trying to make it up on the fly and I'm sure it wasn't a very entertaining show. And then, um, in hindsight, I should have predicted that Pat was going to be there, but I... Well, the Herald Sun seemed to know, too, because they had a photographer Well, I think there. they went there to cover the, the city and not necessarily the, my exit, and that happened the next day, next afternoon. Good question. I've never actually said that before. Yep. Well played. Uh, hi, guys. Rob here. Thanks for organising today. It's been great. Um, no worries, Rob. Firstly, very exciting. We're 72 hours away from Damo's 22 weeks off, so yes. congratulations. Um, <laughs> Round of applause for the longest holidays. <laughs> Just for the record, it's 10, but anyway, keep going. <laughs> Hutchie actually set me up for that one. No. 22. Um, question. Good to see you too on the way. No, he's just renegotiated that contract and asked for another two weeks of, end, of leave in lieu. I should have asked. That does not surprise me. Um, obviously, you're the, the doctor of the doorstep. You, you, you're a connoisseur. You kind of talk us through how it all works, the, the doorstop. And, and I think for me, what I'm interested in is the... The journalistic technique of uh, the follow-up question. So, look, I'm a uh, a struggling Bulldog supporter and often I sit through Damo's man, Bevo's press conference and you hear them talk through ad nauseum, oh yeah, you know, team efforts, the few things to fix. Why don't journalists go harder and actually prod and go, you said this, but three weeks ago you said that. This doesn't balance up. We're hearing this, we're hearing that. It's it's a great question and I reckon we are and have probably have got weaker as, as... the years have gone on. Um, it was harder, I reckon, back in the 80s and 90s. And if you compare it to some of the questions the journos in the States ask of, of their coaches, it's, it's chalk and cheese. But I reckon it's a really yeah, good point. Well, There's a loving component. Everyone wants to be loved. And I'm not washing my hands of that either, by the way. I'm not saying I don't do it, because I do. Um, but you're right. I think it's a good point. We, we should be more challenging and, and, and more... more um, I think challenging on, on, as you said, stuff that's been said and is already publicly documented. I have a slightly different view. I think at the press conference, why would you fire your best shots as a journalist? Because it's giving everyone else the benefit of the answer. You get no personal benefit from it. Um, so I wouldn't. I would sit through press conferences as well if I if I went because I think they add no value really to a journalist. The doorstop's a little different because it's showtime, right? It's. It's you versus the uh, subject. But if a, if um, a young journalist wanted to challenge a Luke Beveridge yep. on a Friday night forum. You've got to make a name ah, for yourself. It comes back to the stage of career in. So that's why you see a less experienced journalist at a press conference. And sometimes them, particularly the TV guys, they're trying to make a mark in them. But on the doorstop, I think you're there for, you're there for one or two questions. You've got to make them count. You've got to get to the point. You've got to disarm them, but not in a threatening way. And you've got to smile on your face and well, boy, a warmish um, face and get, get, to the, get to the point. And you've got to work on your techniques, we've talked about. Now, Mitch is starting to get off the mark a bit more, which is good. 
Uh, he's got a long way to go. Yeah, good question. Uh, thank you. Nick from Melbourne. Uh, Hachi, I'm just worried about your charger there. Don't lose that. <laughs> he loses one. Uh, what, is it, what is it these days? Every Always three days? take a charger with me everywhere. I'm a signet man these days too, as you know. Beautiful. Yep. And Barrett, I hope you're safe in your uh, home and it's all renovated after the flooding. Don't go there, please. <laughs> uh, but um, We'll come ha- back to Damo's neighbours. I think that's a good... Oh, we do need an yep. update. Uh, Hachi, a question for you with your friendship with Sam Newman. In your early days at the Footy Show, yep. um, when you are uh, the uh, sports news provider, uh, there seemed to be some animosity on stage. Was that... Um, Staged animosity, or a little bit, yeah. where he was, you know, marking you with texts on the hair loss, and did that friendship grow over time? Have you ever talked about this publicly? Because you just dropped a bombshell before for for the uh, knowing it was your last footy show. Are you prepared to yeah, reveal I, another exclusive on Question Time I, on the Sounding Book? I had a feeling that was coming too. So we both love Sam. So he's a performer, and he's different than anyone else you've ever worked with. So. Yeah, I found that sometimes it was helpful. Sometimes you didn't have a very big story and you were... What, what I f- and Damo went through this after me when we transitioned. On the evening news, there's 15, 20 stories all presented equally. Story one, story two, story three. And so if a story's not very newsworthy, you don't even really notice it. It's just in the rhythm or the cadence of the news. Whereas when you drop a news story into an entertainment show, it's you're highly exposed. One week you've got a big story and everyone's talking and the next week you've got nothing... Everyone goes, oh, what's he got nothing? So I, the weeks he got nothing, a distraction like that can help you. <laughs> and so I always used to say to him, look, I'll give you an idea of whether my content tonight is going to be, I think, any good or it might be a time to have some fun. And so that was sort of... Did you do the same? Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. and you'd roll up on a Thursday knowing you've got nothing and you've got to go out there and you just know yeah. just, what do you got. And you sort of sometimes make it work and usually you make it didn't make it work and there was no worse feeling on that. On a was Thursday, was- driving into the studios thinking, I've got zero here and I have to go out on TV and say I've got something. I remember my, one of my moments, I had a run of outs. And I used to get a bit of anxiety about the... In fact, you didn't have a story for several weeks. I was running a business during the day, so it was harder to... Um, one so week, you, were, you were once at the Warnable Races, I reckon it was still about 5 o'clock, 5.30, for, for a, a TV show that starts at 8.30. I had the boss after me saying, where's Archie? And I knew where you were. I couldn't were, tell him. You, you were for me. And you didn't catch a helicopter that day. You were driving. I think you made it at about 8.28. The old Channel 9 had the big studio eight, and they used to have a band in a lot of weeks. And I heard one week the band rehearsing What's Hutchie got tonight? He's got nothing <laughs> on the guitar. <laughs> I was like, the producers have briefed the band. <laughs> Back to the phone. Okay. Yep. Uh, questions? Hey, guys. Um, my name's Chris from Melbourne also. A disappointed Carlton supporter. We didn't quite get there this year. Um, questions for D- Damo, but interested in Hutchie's observation. On a day like today at AFL.com or on the AFL app, where clearly the grand final or trade week is the main game, what happens when a Hawthorne curveball gets thrown? There probably may be some constraints as to, as to the timings around a story that's not your own, but if you have a look at it all day, it's been the lead story and I'm assuming it's still the lead story now. So we, we don't shirk anything. And, and look, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say I don't have a conflict. I, I do. I work. Do you need another level of approval? I think is what the question Like, do you... No, you know where the level of approval is. When it's not your story too, so it's, you've got to make sure you know, what's going to happen with it and how it's going to happen. Um, it's a valid question. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's some stories that, that, 
that wouldn't go up straight away, but that one was up, I'd, I'd imagine, equal timing with all the other media outlets that were chasing today. And I mean, we had opinions on it. We, we, did a, we did a live video of it quite early. We took the press conference live. It's been there all day. But, but yeah, look, there are times when there are conflicts that, that apply, but every media outlet's got them. We've got one or two more. There's no time limit on it, Damo, like you always think there is on podcasts. Damo goes, we're running out of time. Like on a, podcasts are timeless. Thanks, Jane, and thanks, gents, for having us. Just a quick one. We all love to, well, we all love or hate Kane Corns for being the contrary he is. I'm a bit cynical, though. Does he honestly hold every belief he does, or does SEN slash Channel 9 get him to dial, up, dial it up a bit? When he talks, sometimes it comes out, I think, organically. So no, some... he does. He's a very opinionated guy. <laughs> I think I think he's found himself in a few situations. I'm only talking on my observations of, of, of what's happened, not not through Kane's uh, head. I think he says things that, that he will maintain forevermore, but they've come out on the run, which which I admire, by the way. He doesn't deviate. He's not like Kachi where he has a bit each way half the time. He, he does stick with it. So that causes him problems. There are other times he does plan to go pretty hard on something and even some of us might say, maybe just back off a little bit. And you go, yeah, okay, I'll back off a little bit. And the red light goes on and he doubles down, which uh, also causes him problems. But no, I think he's as unique as there, there is in the Melbourne or in the Australian sports commentary landscape. And, and, and I love it. And, and I love him as a, as a person too. A couple more. Good to see my old mate Malcolm over the back there from Kubota, Australia's leading agricultural brand. Well, thanks, Malcolm, for coming. Brian here, thanks for Building Australia. boys. Hey, Brian. Um, so, uh, at Crown the other night, watching the Brownlow, and uh, afterwards happened to see some journalists and senior footy people having a, having a drink together. What's the protocol there with journalists? Is it sort of all that stuff off the record, or how's that work? It's a good question. Yeah, um, this has been a topic at the AFMA. You could, you, could, uh, you could actually get quite a few stories in that after-party historic. I didn't go. I took my son this year to the Brownlow, so I left straight away. But... Look, the protocol is just your relationships you've got. If, you, if the, you're comfortable enough and the football is comfortable enough to have a beer, it's, it's just life. It's just like your mates. You'll have deeper conversations with some people you come across. We, we do in, in that environment. Sometimes I find on that night, um, and maybe, maybe Andrew Gaze is right, they, they are a bit more relaxed and they don't mind being seen talking to journos and sometimes they're happy to even give you a little tip off now and again. But, yeah, it's horses for courses. Hey, guys. Uh, Jason here. Damo, any time Victoria or Australia gets mentioned, you get very, very pessimistic. Is that just your natural state or is the only thing stopping you from moving overseas the fact that you've specialised in reporting on Australian football? <laughs> I'll let Hutchie answer on my behalf. How about that? <laughs> Spot on, Jason. <laughs> Damo's worried Gamp off the stool in case the uh, ground wasn't firm under his feet. Damo yeah. is the most conservative... Pessimistic human being walking the planet. Um, so what, what I do know is, is we will be the last city, last state, last nation to to catch up with the world on whatever is at that moment going on. So, yeah, and I am pessimistic. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Hi, Josh from Nil. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have Kane Tony Jones and TJ come through last Thursday. Uh, they were fantastic. Could you maybe elaborate on? the logistics behind trying to organise something like what Kane's doing, but even something like just setting up what you've done for us today and uh, and getting TJ out to the country too. Logistics aren't Hutchie's strong suit. He just rolls up and everything's put out for him. So and not, they're not my either. But um, we're, look, at, I, we're told uh, we're Tony Jones, getting Tony Jones to Neil wasn't difficult. We told him they had a famous dentist in town. Um, 
I was keen to use that opportunity. No, uh, TJ did a great job going up there last week. Well, j just on that, there's at least two cars that are accompanying. There might even be three, but I remember speaking to the drivers of those cars that, that when Shane Crawford did something similar. And I reckon it's as nearly hard it's on those really drivers. To, to, to think, I mean, think about that. There'll be times when you're doing 7 or 8k an hour up a hill, and then you're going down a hill, you've got to measure it, you've got to stay away from Kane, you've got to make sure the traffic... So I, I can imagine the stress attached to that. There's obviously security. Um, there's a... Uh, someone looking after his, you know, physio. Um, there's a, I think the security guy doubles up as the cook. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is full on. And, and even the permits, um, the permits required to, to, I, I'd imagine. In fact, lack, coming out lack, of Adelaide, all lack of them. All lack yeah. of them. I, I think they might have just, yeah. yeah. Um, the cops pulled them up in the first 20 minutes, and yeah. So and they've done a great job organising that. So a very difficult thing to do. The drivers are really unsung heroes of that, and the physios. Saying this here, Damo, because you can't block me. Um. <laughs> hey, can I just before you go any further? Show of hands if you've been blocked by Damo on Twitter in the room. Fans, just so, for the record, there's one. <laughs> Clark, Clarko not going to Essendon is a sliding doors moment. Uh, yeah, keep going. If any chance each week you could actually do sliding doors moments in your sliding doors. <laughs> yeah, that, that comes through regularly. Um, if I was to limit it to a sliding doors moment, I'd, I'd, I'd be struggling. I, I struggle a lot of weeks, as you probably do know. A lot of it, a lot of it, a lot of what I read the next morning, thinking, "Hey, okay, that one just got through somehow." <laughs> so, so it couldn't be sliding doors. It just needs to be if and then. So, yeah, because yep. the column. I don't know if anyone does. Anyone read the column sliding doors in AFL.com? Does anyone, does anyone read the um, column, please? <laughs> the, um, Half of me in a week, Archie. You, you, you've identified something, because it's designed to be a sliding doors moment, but very few of them are actually sliding doors moments. It's an if and then. In fact, the other day I said to That's Damon... That's what he just said, Hachi. That's what he just said. Explaining more broadly to the 97% to the No, no, it's people. what he said. No, no one in this room reads your column. It's, it's clear. <laughs> um, I only had told Damon the other day there was a movie called Sorry Doors. He goes, really, dude? I thought it was, no, I thought it was just my column. No, it's a movie. Gwyneth Paltrow? Oh, I see that at some stage. That warning you gave me before about not doing the funny stuff, leaving it to... <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, last one. Hi, uh, Kieran from Melbourne. Firstly, thank you for uh, your time today. I had a question for Damo. So firstly, could you give us any more information on your patch-up coffee with Sonia Hood? Yes. And when's your next one? <laughs> Let's go inside the patch-up coffee. She, uh, she might need one tomorrow, I think. <laughs> was, it, was it one? Well, she might have to go to a plan B, which she didn't think she'd have to Was it one coffee or multiple patch-up coffees? Um, seeing you've been open today. <laughs> multiple. <laughs> Hashtag back in the tent. Um, so what happened? Now, Sonia and I go way back to the, the period of time when she, as a basically supporter, an influential supporter, um, was instrumental in keeping North Melbourne in Melbourne and away from where you wanted them to go, to the Gold Coast. So that, that's where the relationship started, Hussie, back in 2007 or eight or whenever that was. And, and obviously we've kept up over the journey and... Yeah, we had a few chats this year. <laughs> All of a sudden, the stories start running. Uh, just one question um, regarding Tasmania AFL team uh, being announced within two or three days of the grand final as confirmation, and then whispers of the Darwin AFL team already being looked into to equalise and make 20-team competition. Can you comment on those? Tasmania will happen, um, and it should happen, and it's been, I think, well-constructed in that Gil will get the... Stadium deal done on the way through because it's like try getting it done after you've 
committed. Impossible. Um, so I feel really good about that. The Tasmanian deserves a team. It will be great for the game. It'll grow the game. And the 20th market in, in the NT is an absolute no-brainer. It will take longer. I reckon about 2030. Uh, the, the federal government and the Northern Territory government support will be fundamental. The opportunity to do local pathway and indigenous pathway to connect with the remote communities is just so um, strong and compelling. Um, the TV money is so powerful now that that's the main check of clubs. So it does um, de-risk the old revenue streams for clubs that were needed on. And I think we'd, we'd get even 15,000, 10,000 crowds in the Northern Territory are worth doing. And there's a lot of people who um, would put serious energy into it. And the, the north of the country needs a team like that. I hope that places like Cairns and Townsville have a relationship with that. Northern Queensland is another a place the AFL hasn't deemed to compete yet and it's cowboy country for NRL, but it'll happen. And if you want the pessimistic view on, on that, uh, it, it may <laughs> well be the worst thing to do to introduce the 19th and 20th team right now. But uh, And that's the view of some club presidents at, at this stage. But I'm with Hutchie. The Tassie one will get in. Gill's on this farewell app and he needs to he needs to land the Tassie deal before he completes the lap, doesn't he, Hutchie? And, and he's, he's going to. It will be against the wishes of, I think some people have been pretty staunchly um, against it, but, it, but it will happen. Just on Magic Round, do you reckon that was actually secretly negotiated in the next rights deal and... Like, do you think that's a chip that's already been played? It's a good point because it would require a, a complete extra round. So it'd be, well, it'll be 23 matches, 24 weeks. What's this? Adds about 5% more yeah. content. Yeah, you, uh, could, you, could be, you could be right. I, I would think it's already in the deal. Anyway, that's another story for another day. Hey, um, thank you everyone for coming. We really appreciate it as a business. Our sports entertainment network team's here too. Um, Damo does a fantastic job running this podcast. It's all him. He drives the energy. He's on the WhatsApp producing. He's worried about the rundown. And I just roll in and, uh, and do it. You've been good this year, though, Hutchie. I'll give it to you. Um, You've actually Damo does a great job stepped up. So to Damo and particularly to Jane Neal, who does uh, a awesome job <laughs> producing. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board Questions with Hutchie and Damo. Send us your questions via Twitter or Facebook at Sounding Board EP. Hit the sign up button on Facebook to receive our weekly email and subscribe to, rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts.